This is Adam Gorney, Rivals.com, here with Ryan Young from Trojansports.com on the Respect My Decision podcast this week. And the topic is Malachi Nelson, the really the only five-star quarterback that has any kind of drama going on right now in his recruitment. Arch is committed to Texas. Dante Moore is committed to Oregon. Nico is committed to Tennessee. And Malachi Nelson is committed to USC, but had taken a visit to Texas A&M that really piqued the interest of a lot of people. Uh, and uh, his season started Friday night. Ryan did, you know, yeoman's work here by driving for to Bakersfield, <laughs> beautiful Bakersfield, California, beautiful. for the game. Uh, it was an, it was a nice weekend there. Uh, first, what did you think of his performance uh, against a team that really, you know, wasn't an elite caliber team? We'll probably know more a whole lot more about him when he plays American Heritage this week. But just kind of seeing him back on the field in a game setting must have been pretty nice. Yeah, that, they were an overmatched opponent, and uh, Los Alamitos made pretty quick work of them. He led five straight touchdown drives, all touchdown passes. Most of the shorter variety, they have a lot of athletes out uh, on the perimeter that he using the screen game and and uh, block well for. And so it was kind of a simple offense, maybe not to give a lot away for future opponents. But he looked poised, he looked in control, and you can't argue with five touchdowns and three hundred plus yards in the first half. Yeah, that's the thing. And, you know, we, you could say move down, but not really. I mean, he just kind of moved around in the five-star rankings. Um, it's a very loaded quarterback class, uh, but that that is what Malachi Nelson does. He's kind of a surgeon out there. A lot of the stuff, uh, you know, this past weekend was, like you said, just little short dump-offs and then guys ran with it. So those are passing yards, uh, not a lot of bombs down the field. We'll see some of that uh, throughout the season. I remember seeing him a bunch last year going deep to DeAndre Moore when he still played at Los Al, and then Makai Lemon, his favorite target, um, and USC commit too. Uh, Malachi was not talking after the game, though. Um, he wore the USC bandana. That, m- that might have been something. Who knows? Um, but is that the sense now that he's just not going to have much to say until he either makes the decision to stay committed to USC or flipped it to AM? That's how it's been conveyed to me. I mean, maybe not all the way to the end, but at least for a while – I don't think his family or him see the upside right now and commenting one way or the other. And that in itself says plenty because if he was a hundred percent decided, you know what, I've seen AM, but I'm going to stick with USC. He would come out and say that he was the face of this recruiting class. He was very vocal in that role to now step back from that means that there is still a decision to be made that has not been made yet. So he's not speaking, but it says plenty, I think. And uh, you could also interpret that, that USC bandana was a statement, uh, intentional statement of, of sorts. All we can really do is interpret and parse and and read into it. So that's kind of where we're at now with him. Yeah, it's a, it's definitely an interesting situation. Um, you know, if he was fully committed to USC after that Texas A&M visit, it would come. It would be easy to come out and say that he was wasn't going nowhere. Um, but Texas A&M is definitely an interesting situation. They had tried on on numerous quarterbacks. Uh, Dante Moore, uh, they were working on him a lot. They thought, you know, I think they thought they were going to flip Austin Novosad from Baylor. That didn't work out. Malachi takes that visit there. And look, I mean, the way A&M recruited on defense last year and this year and what they have there, it seems like they're steaming toward at least a, a much better shot at the college football playoff. Now, one can argue so is USC with what they've done in the transfer portal. Um, you know, it, it's a much easier path to the playoff to the Pac-12. 
Um, there have been rumors that he's not super thrilled about going to the Big Ten and, and all of those things. How? What's your sense on where this plays out, if it's going to be something that's determined shortly or if this is something that needs to be figured out through the season? Let's see what Lincoln Riley kind of does here. Well, to start, I think it's been misinterpreted by a lot of people that it's purely about NIL. And again, all we can do is interpret and parse what we're hearing. And and I tend to believe what I've been hearing, that it's not NIL driven. And uh, you can believe that because he already has a big NIL deal put together by USC alums with the HWOOD group, a restaurant hospitality firm, to market uh, a barbecue uh, restaurant in the area. Uh Obviously, he'll get plenty of NIL deals in Los Angeles, especially being tied with Clutch now. He can go to any school he wants to and get NIL deals. So I, I think it's been miscast as, oh, my gosh, A&M is going to bowl him over with, with NIL, and that's why he's doing it. I think it's about other factors. I think that offensive line recruiting is going to play a role in this, and the fact that USC missed out on its top, top, top targets this cycle. They do have four commits. And some guys are really excited about, but they're all three-star prospects right now. Maybe that changes this fall with the way they play. But I think the fact that they don't have that surefire next stud left tackle coming in in this class maybe gives him a little pause as he's thinking about who's going to be playing with, who's going to be protecting him. Um, and certainly a has done a much better job recruiting in, in that area. So maybe it's just a wait and see how this recruiting class plays out and and where things go. I, I know they really wanted Francis Maui and. And Malachi was very involved in that. I think if they had gotten him, then maybe there's not so much question right now, but they didn't. And I, I think it's certainly fair for him to wait and see at this point. It, it is his future. So, yeah. Yeah. It's definitely an interesting situation. Let's talk offensive line first. I mean, for years, USC's offensive line has not been phenomenal. We could, I think, say that quarterbacks have struggled and gotten sacked and all those kinds of things. But that was under a previous regime. I mean, that was under a previous system and all of those kinds of things. And I think that that is different. And and I will say, maybe some of those USC commits are a little underranked. That's probably my fault. I'll take uh, credit or uh, criticism for that. As this plays out through their senior years, we can adjust that if necessary. Um based on their performance on the field and their projection um, into college and beyond. Uh, A&M offensive line recruiting uh, has gone really well. Uh, you know, the Thomason kid is a monster. He's, I saw him in person. He's about 6'8", 350, just a complete huge monster. Chase Besantis, they got out of New Jersey, one of the best offensive guards in the country. Uh, very Quentin Nelson-like, just plays with a lot of violence and stuff. Uh, the Nikhil Bertrand kid, probably a project. It uh, looks like they're going to get TJ Shanahan. So, uh, you know, that's a five-star right there. So, you know, I think AM certainly has the edge there, but it's different. I mean, uh, you know, the pass rushes you're seeing in the Pac-12 and, and then into the Big Ten will be different than what you're seeing in the SEC. It's just completely different. So it's not really an Apple's comparison there. Um, the NIL stuff is is interesting. One, we've both heard crazy numbers about what he would get if he went to Texas A&M. Obviously, Jimbo Fisher and his staff have absolutely no, none, <laughs> not a single sense of anything when it comes to that. They don't even know it possibly exists. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't allege uh, otherwise. But yeah, <laughs> right, right. Everybody goes there because they just fall in love with College Station. Um, so, so I think that is a big factor. Now, 
there's there are almost like two camps in the NIL. One is he signs with Clutch. Clutch is an LA-based massive agency. And so many people think that benefits USC, that it's a it's local, he can get tons of NIL here and all of those kinds of things, which certainly could be the case. There's also an argument that USC's NIL is a little behind some other schools, especially in the SEC, which could certainly be the case. But there's also a feeling that Clutch wants to expand, in, especially into college football, and a deal at a place like Texas A&M would be a huge blockbuster with especially a lot of the money that they can throw around at Texas A&M. Now, USC alums can also throw around money, but the investment might not be exactly the same at this point. So that's interesting. But, you know, if, if he's getting double-digit NIL money somewhere and millions somewhere else, who knows? I mean, who knows how much NIL is playing a factor here? And it's also this sense that, like, kids don't really necessarily want to talk dollars and cents on NIL deals yet. Not that it's nefarious or anything, but just that they don't want to get into that as much yet. Is that kind of the sense that you felt from kids, too? It feels very taboo. I, I'm not even sure. Am I in that I ask about it? Should I ask about it? Do I not ask about it? I have with a couple of kids, and, and it really didn't go very well. So it, right. it seems to be a taboo topic for sure right now. Um Going back to Balancai's situation, though, there's been a lot said and, and reported about how his family has really um, been picking the brain of Carl Williams, Caleb Williams' father, about how they navigated this, how they've approached the NIL space. And certainly Caleb's wrecked a bunch of deals since coming to USC. And I think they put a lot of value in kind of that blueprint that, that he sold to them. I think they know if they come to USC that they'll get NIL money. I, just, I really don't think that's going to be the ultimate deciding factor. I just I just can't see that being it. Yeah, and that's interesting that you've said that because Caleb Williams has come out here and completely benefited from NIL. I mean, I remember he didn't show up to an event um, because he was at a photo shoot for NIL stuff. And then, you know, he uh, he was at Elite 11. um, But, you know, he's he's constantly doing that stuff and has really benefited from that. And I think it certainly helped him coming to L.A. And so I think that could be part of it, too. The sense I get is that there, there are positives and negatives in both situations. Mm-hmm. Um, and that the positive is, is he could be, you know, he wants to play for Lincoln Riley. I think that's clear. He committed to him at Oklahoma. Um, and then he, and then the second Lincoln Riley left for USC, he decommitted and then committed to him there. So that that's clear. I do think that there is some fear about playing, not fear, but, tre- you know, trepidation, not thrilled about, going to the big 10 and what that means, especially if offensive line recruiting doesn't improve against fronts at, you know, Iowa and Ohio state that are just going to be monstrous. I think you've seen in years past, you know, big 10 teams have definitely dominated up front. USC will beat them in speed, especially in Lincoln's offense. Um, But going to the sec is no guarantee. Um, You know, a, you know, A&M is definitely not as familiar um, there are certain risks playing in the SEC West with playing against Alabama and LSU and, and everybody else. I mean, it's a, it's an incredibly difficult division to play in. Um, and then you worry about the over being over recruited. Um, if you're not cutting the mustard from day one, they will move on to somebody else very, very quickly there. So I think there, there, there are definitely interesting things both ways. I do get the sense though, that some people believe he's going to flip like it and it can happen at any time, but I'm not so sure that he's like dead set on it one way or another. I don't think there's any need to. I mean, obviously, like you mentioned, A&M 
has gone after a lot of quarterbacks and is in this position because they don't, they don't have one right now. So are they going to panic and take a lesser guy if they think they have, they have a chance at him? No, they'll probably wait. I don't think he has to make a decision uh, that way. And uh, I do think that he probably ultimately – he wants – my guess is that he wants a reason to stick with his USC commitment because of his connection with Lincoln Riley, because you look at the Lincoln Riley QB finishing school where he's had two Heisman winners, a Heisman runner-up, compared to AM where they haven't really produced a quarterback yeah. on the Jimbo. Uh, if it, he, he's a pretty dead set three and done guy wants to be in the NFL very quickly. It makes a lot of sense to go to a place to, to a coach who's produced quarterbacks like that. I think it's, there's just probably some questions that we, we mentioned, some hesitations that he wants to see how it goes. And it's, it's a wait and see, but he's looking for a reason to stay put is my guess. That's my guess. But again, it's all interpretation and, and, uh, and speculation at this point because he's not saying anything. Real quick on Zach, Zachariah Branch. If Malachi Nelson goes to AM, is Zachariah guaranteed to go to AM? My sense is no. No. Uh, no. His connection with his brother and playing for Lincoln Riley seems to trump his connection with Malachi Nelson, which is significant, but I don't think a deciding factor. I don't think most people realize how close Zachariah and his brother Zion are. I spent time with the family back in June before we moved to campus and they told me that they were still sharing a bedroom uh, this past year. They, uh, I think his dad said that they've never been apart for more than three days before Zion went to, went to campus. Uh, they were always going to go to the same school. I can't imagine that's changed. So unless Zion is going to reconsider his where he's at, uh, I don't see them separating at all. So uh, USC fans probably don't have to worry about Zachariah as much, but, but certainly this Malachi-Nelson situation has uh, all the Trojan fans on edge, and it's – led to some very polarizing and spirited opinions on the message board. <laughs> well, that, and that's the thing because no one, I mean, if, you know, people love to in the recruiting industry say that, you know, what's going to happen, but really no one knows what's going to happen here. Um, there's definitely some sense around people that a flip could be very imminent, but that's all conjecture at this point. So again, uh, final, final decision. D does he stick with USC? Does he play for Lincoln Riley or does he head to College Station? I'll say I'm 70% confident that he sticks with USC ultimately. Uh, but I, I think there's enough out there that he's still reevaluating that. It's definitely not a sure thing. I, I also don't think I, I don't think that USC would be just totally um, forsaken in a, in a bad place if this did go that way. They have Caleb Williams for the next two years, and Lincoln Riley's always going to be able to get quarterbacks whether it be a transfer or the, the next top prospect in this coming class, uh, I, I think they would recover eventually. Certainly they want Malachi Nelson. Uh, they have a relationship with him. He's a local guy. He's, he's incredibly talented. But I don't think it's a life or death situation for the program. But ultimately, I do think they, they end up uh, where they started and, and bring him in. Yeah, and just to add to that, that is what the transfer portal has. It's completely revolutionized recruiting in a massive way. Because if you miss out on a high school quarterback, that almost helps you in the portal get a quarterback the following year. Um, you know, I mean, last year at this time, Spencer Rattler and Caleb Williams were both playing at Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. um, and now neither are. And that's just one example um, of what's going on. And you look around just, just the dominoes of USC. Keaton Slovis was just named the starter at Pitt. Jackson Dart is going to start at Ole Miss. JT Daniels is going to start at West Virginia. So, I mean, 
if you miss out on a guy or lose a guy, it, it almost, I'm not going to say it doesn't matter, but it certainly helps in other ways that before, before what was going on here in the portal uh, definitely didn't help. I mean, you could argue that after missing, after losing JT Daniels, Keaton Slovis, Jackson Dart, and possibly Malachi Nelson, that USC is in even a better quarterback situation with having Caleb Williams there now. So it's crazy. Uh, you, you could throw Bryce Young in there too. And Bryce Young, yeah. Bryce Young was committed. Bryce Young was committed. So I wouldn't put uh, Caleb Williams over Bryce Young, but it's definitely, uh, <laughs> definitely in the same ballpark. That's for sure. Yeah, definitely in the same ballpark. And they never really even recruited CJ Stroud, who's at USC, and they never really recruited DJ all that hard. Um, and he needs to have a bounce back year at Clemson. So there are definitely other options. Nothing is over till it's over. And especially with the portal, um, there are definitely going to be guys that pop in there that will, that will do their thing. So very interesting situation. We will be all over Malachi Nelson as much as we can be. Ryan, thank you for joining me today. Always a pleasure.